Hello, my love. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a special episode for you. I did a humongous Q&A on Instagram Live. I got so many of you asking me questions around creating confidence and the keys to creating confidence and how do I have more confidence and what if people think I'm arrogant and how do I ask for a pay rise confidently and have confident conversations. And this live was so good. There were so many incredible questions and I thought that I would share it with you here. So I hope you enjoy this Instagram live on how to create more confidence. When you're done listening to this, I want you to click the link in the show notes. So we are running a Creating Confidence Masterclass on the 6th of August. And don't you worry, if you don't live in Australia, you can come virtually. We are live streaming you in to this amazing full day event. It is going to be awesome. And if you want to really learn how to create more self-confidence, how to stop giving a fuck what people think about you, how to own who you are and stand in your values, you do not want to miss this masterclass. So hit the link in the show notes to get your ticket. All right. I hope you enjoy this Instagram live on how to create more confidence. Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, queen, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you, I'm a confidence coach, a business mentor, a speaker, an author, and I am obsessed with women standing up, showing up, and creating their confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. are you this morning? How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here with y'all. Uh, 7 p.m. in the U.S. Hello, hello. Hey, there we go. How to be confident but not arrogant in an interview. Okay, let me pin you. Pin, pin comment. Uh, love your last podcast. Thank you. I love you. Okay, so I had this Q&A that I did around confidence. What are your confidence questions? Um, I'm in Australia, y'all. I'm in the future. It is 9.30 in the morning on Thursday. Um, and I asked you guys about, you know, what you struggle with when it comes to self-confidence. What are your questions? What do you want to know? And we had a whole bunch of questions. So get the app. Yes. Anyway, so I'm going to answer the ones that I can hear. You're in South Africa. Amazing. Welcome. Welcome. So I'm going to answer what I can hear because I don't know where the hell they are. They're not coming up on my screen. Um, questions. Anyway, if you have a question, send it. If you want to know anything around building self-confidence and what I'll do with the rest of the questions that I have in my stories is I will share them in my stories. Cool. So we got beautiful Amelda. Thank you for your question. It says how to be confident but not arrogant in an interview. Here's the thing with confidence and arrogance. Okay. I think that we're going to get taken for arrogant and whoever is judging you as arrogant maybe has their own shit around confidence. <laughs> so I think that one of the big things that we worry about is having more confidence, number one. And then number two, can I be too confident? It's probably the questions that I get the most. And I think honestly, you can't be too confident because 
arrogance is a different vibe. When, you're, when I'm talking about confidence in yourself, I'm talking about you having a belief that you deserve to be there, that you have a belief that you can do the thing. Confidence is self-trust, right? So I trust myself. I don't fucking know what's gonna happen on this live, but I trust that whatever question I get and whatever happens, and if I have a tech issue or whatever, I can fix it. I have trust and belief in myself. And so that's what confidence really is when you ask me. And so if somebody, has a feeling that you're arrogant or coming off as too confident, I wouldn't worry about you, I would worry about them. What are they, what does that say about them? What are they making that mean? And then I would question if you even need to be worrying about the opinion of other people when you're on your own journey of creating your confidence. So in a job interview, how do you not be arrogant? I think be humble, right? Like, hey, I'm here to be of service. This is what I can do. This is what I'm really great at. This is how I think I can add value. If you go to a job interview, I would really uh, research the company. What are their big problems? What are they looking to solve? How can you be of service to them? If you were the leader or the manager or the boss at that company, um, what, what's your problem? You know, what, what do you need help with? What's getting in the way for you? How can you basically think like the boss of the company and solve their problem? And if you go in there knowing that you can help them and you can be of service to them and you are confident that you can and you're humble about the shit that you don't know, and you're willing to learn and you and you feel like you're someone that's like, I'm willing to learn, I don't know everything. However, I'm really great at X, Y, Z and this is how I think I can benefit you and I'm willing to learn and these are the areas that I'm not great in. I think that's beautiful. I don't think that's arrogant at all. So I, I, don't, really, I don't really see that as being arrogant. I see that as you being confident in what you can do and being humble about what you can't do. So I hope that answers your question. Hell yeah, we should not be afraid to ask for a raise. Okay, I got another question here. Thank you, Ashley. You're the best. Let me just pin your question. How to be self-confident when trying to make new friends in a new city. Oh yeah, girl, that is hard. Okay, so I would say, can you go to places where like-minded people are? Can you join a group? So I don't know if you're in business or you have a job, but I love like uh, in Australia, there's business chicks and it's like a women's networking business uh, corporate kind of group. So a lot of people have a business, but some of them just work at a company nine to five and it's a beautiful community of women and they do get togethers. And so I would push myself if I were you to find things that would, would get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, but are not gonna totally freak you out. So if you go to a networking event, I would look for three people that night, three people that I could meet, find out something important and interesting about them and maybe have a connection. So I would focus on three people. Look at people who are the least scariest if, that, if you're just starting out and then just ask a lot of questions. Talk less, listen more, says Erica, the one who talks a lot. But I'm telling you right now, I've learned uh, a big lesson. If you're wanting to connect with people, the best thing to do is ask questions because people love to talk about themselves and they love to talk about you know the things that they love. And so don't worry, I'm gonna blend it. Um, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you doing to your cheeks, girlfriend? Oompa Loompa. So that's what I would do, uh, Ashley. I would just get myself out there. I would find out what's like, are there little meetup groups? Is there a Facebook group for the community? Is there a women's um, networking? If you're a mother, is there a mother's group that could be fun that I could meet people? And just push yourself. Like if you're like, oh, I'm a bit scared to do it, do it. Like if it feels like, oh, I don't know, oh, shit, then go for it. Like I have a podcast coming out called Chase Your Fears. And it's all about how we, we usually move away from our fears. But actually, if you chase your fears, if you step outside of your comfort zone, that's where all the magical shit happens. And yes, there's pee dripping down your leg. And yes, you're nervous. And yes, it's scary. But I'm like, man, if you can, if you can get some, some movement or make some new friends, how amazing is that?
So that's what I would say to you, Ashley. Put yourself out there. Be who you are. Also, something crazy when you meet people, you might catch a vibe. Like someone might have a standoff bitch vibe. Doesn't matter. Be kind. Be you. Be loving. Be humble. Be sweet. And if they have that vibe, that's their vibe. And if they open up, some people look bitchy because they're nervous. They've been burned by women. That's their self-consciousness about themselves. It looks like they're bitches, but they're really sweet and gentle. Or the hardcore people that are scary looking, they're usually fucking soft. And that's a fake wall that they've had to put up their whole lives in order to not get hurt. And if you're like, hey, I come in peace, I'm cool, I'm lovely, and you have patience and you can listen and ask them questions and be interested in them, always be interested in the other person. The people that love to talk about themselves, don't be that person. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're trying to make friends and you're in a new place, then you can vibe and see who, who catches your vibe. And if they're not cool, you could be like, hey, it was so good to meet you. I've got a phone call. I've got to an answer. And then you could just walk away and be like, whoa, that wasn't my person. And that's okay too, right? You got to meet the people who aren't your people in order to know who's your people. But congratulations if you did move to a new city. That's really exciting. Uh, if you have any questions, please pop them here. Uh, thank you so much. Divine Energy Connection. What's up, my darling? Um, I'm pretty sure you said, how's the future? Because I'm in the future in Australia. It's so wild. It is Thursday morning, okay? Australia. And it's winter here. Like my birthday is in June and I was always a summer baby. And my Puerto Rican ass over here is a winter baby. And I'm like, I don't like that. I like being a summer baby. Anyway, uh, Facebook events are great for finding events in your area. Yes, Eats by Kelsey. Thank you, Eats by Kelsey. I think also like we underestimate Eventbrite. Do y'all remember Eventbrite? That shit is popping. Eventbrite is popping in Australia. Like people go, if you want to look for a spiritual event or a, or a breathwork event or a mindfulness thing or you want to do like a women's event or whatever, International Women's Day events, Mother's events, I'd be just going wild with this highlighter. Anyway, so that is a great place. Thank you for that tip. Um, how do we ask for a raise confidently? Oh, I like this. Let me put this here. Are you ready? I'm about to spill the tea. Oh, this question makes me fucking amped up. Okay, it makes me amped up. Okay, let me tell you this. If you own a business, this is for you. If you don't own a business and you work and you want to get paid more money, this is for you. If you don't work and you don't own a business, just listen in, okay? And if you're listening and, and coming into this question, uh, coming into this live, pop a question down. Any question around confidence, pop it in. Let me know. So when you're asking for a raise, how do you do so confidently? Here's the thing, right? Getting more money means you have to add more value. Money is really an energy exchange of value. We just decided it would be in America green paper. In Australia, it's like different color paper that doesn't break. It, the money here is beautiful, right? In different countries, we decided that money was the currency for a value exchange. So when you want to make more money, you have to add more value. And so when people are like, I should get paid more, I should this, I should that, it's like, cool. How much value are you adding in your job or in your business, why should clients pay you more money? Why should clients join your program? What kind of value are you adding? And a lot of the times, I'm not saying you're doing this, but a lot of the times when we wanna get paid more, we wanna raise, we make it about that they should give it to us. And we forget that it's like, hold on, so what have you done for me lately? Like, what are you doing for your employer in order to be like, actually, you're, you're giving me so much value. So a lot of the time, what I used to do in my work is I would, put myself in the shoes of the manager or the leader. I would act like I was the owner of the business. I was always entrepreneurial. I knew it was gonna happen for me. So I would act like if I own the business, what is the biggest problem that I need to solve as the business owner? 
And then as an employee, I would go, how do I help the business owner solve that problem? And if I could figure out how I help them solve that problem and I come to them with, hey, listen, I know you have X problem and I want to help you do Y. And if I help you do X problem and create this solution by this amount of time, I want a raise of this amount of money. Are we good with that? So you don't come in like, I want more money. You come in like, hey, here's what I've noticed you need help with. And here's where I think I can add some value. And if I do this by this time frame, or if I get you to this number of whatever, the KPI, whatever the, the, the thing that you need to hit is, where is the company going? What do they want to create? How can you help them get to their end goal? And if you can articulate that nicely, like you understand their problem, you get the solution, you are the person to help them do it. And because you do, you're going to re uh, request more money. You can't lose. But most people go in with like they're against you and they owe you and you should and they need to. And it's almost like we go in as a victim. We go in with our victim mentality. And then what happens to them? They get aggressive and then they get arced up like, who the fuck do you think? You know, it's if you go in with responsibility taking like, hey, this is how I've been showing up in the business and I know that I can do more. And here's the problem I've noticed you have. And here's my idea and my plan to help you solve that problem. And if I do that, will you give me a pay rise? If I do that, could we talk about X, Y, Z? That's how you do it. I would say it's a negotiation and it's giving them what they want first. And that's how I do it in my business. How do I get so many clients to join my sisterhood program, which by the way, you should totally fucking join if you haven't already, is I give so much value in that program that people see it and they're like, I'd be silly not to join this. This is amazing. No one else is doing this. Holy shit. And so I want to be the one that gives the most. Make sense? So be the one that gives the most. That's what I would say. That's how you ask for raise confidently. Okay. Hi. Yes. Beck says, I just joined One Roof for more community. One Roof is another beautiful community in Australia. So y'all have it in America as well. I don't know the, the, where's my lip liner though? I'm so sad. Left it in the car. Que madre. Anyway, lip liner is not here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love this. I love you guys. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for that question. I appreciate you so damn much. Okay, any more questions around how to create more confidence, how to be confident? Oh, I like this one. Kiara, what a beautiful name, first of all, and your gorgeous ass photo. Um, okay, how to be more confident when presenting. I have another one for this. I just love this. I'm actually doing a podcast on this, like how to be more confident when speaking publicly. Um, so one of the things I think that if we're presenting to a group of people or we're speaking publicly is we get really nervous. Anybody here? Let me know. Give me some hearts. Give me some yes if you get nervous when you're about to speak. I get so nervous. And so what I would say to that is... Uh, when we get into that space of I have to present to a group of people, I have to present on stage, I have to do a TED talk, I have to do whatever, instead of the thing that normally happens to us, which is, oh my God, I'm so nervous. What if I fuck it up? What if I look stupid? What if I say the wrong thing? What if me and I and I and me, do you see how that's like really focused on yourself? And we're meant to present. So two things. You're focused on yourself and it's all about you. I did a podcast about this called, Are You Self-Obsessed? And it's not like obsessed with yourself. It's like all about you. And if you're self-obsessed and if you're worrying about you and yourself and the way you look and how stupid you're gonna sound or if you fuck it up or if you and I and you and I. And when you stand in that space of yourself, you're not in service. You're not focused on the audience. You're not focused on presenting and giving and sharing, right? The focus is fully on you. And so what I do before I speak to anyone, what up, Steph? 
I get nervous as fuck, first of all. I want everybody here to know that I fucking get nervous. I have to do a spiritual poo before I get on stage and I tell everybody, <laughs> like, y'all, I just did a spiritual poo. And it's like a thousand people like, what the fuck did she just say that? Yeah, I did. Because I'm like, I ain't up here like owning the stage. I'm nervous. I'm gonna kill it because I'm prepared, but I'm fucking scared. So don't get it twisted. Like you will always be nervous when you're speaking and presenting to groups because you give a shit. If you never give a shit, stop doing it, right? So anyway, so here's what I would say to you. I go, okay, I'm going to speak to these people about X, Y, Z. Then I close my eyes, put my hand on my heart, on my stomach, and I'm like, breathe it in. The people in the audience have no idea what I'm going to say, number one. They don't know your notes. They don't know your slide deck. They don't know what you're going to present, right, Kiara? They have no idea. Number two, what do they need? I know something that they don't know. And if I know something that they don't know, that means I can serve them, I can help them, I can be of service to them. We're answering the question how to be confident while presenting. And so I get into my service mode and I go, how can I be of service to them? How can I help them? What do they need? Where are they in their world? Like, what are they dealing with? Like, they need help, they need support. And so I get into my service mind and I step into service and then I get out of myself and how I look and how I sound and if I do this and if I do that and I'm free from the mind that says, you're not good, you're too shit, you're that, what about you? I let go of me and I step into them, right? And so that's my goal um, when presenting or speaking is that's how you become confident. Prepare, don't get it twisted, prepare. Have amazing slides, be more prepared than anybody else. Research, stats, all that shit. Know what you're talking about, number one. And then number two, rock up early. Feel the room out and then look to yourself as like, how can I be of service? What do these people need from me? And just fucking pour your heart out to the audience. You don't need to get it right. You don't need to be the best speaker in the world. You don't need to have the most amazing slides and videos and bullshit. You just need to get out of your head of how you're not enough and how it's all about how you're not good and step into service. And so that's what I would say, how to be more confident when presenting. I hope that that, hope that answers your question, beautiful woman. Okay, so we got... And I did a podcast about that, like public speaking. I'm doing another one about that because I do think that we get really like scared because we make it about ourselves. And if we just like, hold on a minute, I'm speaking. Like my live is not about me. I'm doing my face. I don't give a fuck. I don't have my nails on. You know, like I don't have mascara on. I'm, I'm distracted. I'm trying to do my face. I'm doing my face while being of service. And if I focus on, so like, um, anyway, and I just start staring at myself. You can see me staring at myself. And then I'm like trying to answer your questions and be like, do I look nice? And uh, do I have any mocos? Okay. I'm not focused on the questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if I'm like, fuck it, I'll just be of service. And when I remember, I'll put some lipstick on and do something. Then I'm like, bam, cool. So that's what I would say. Eats by Kelsey says, HR professional here. Did you see I said HR? Oh my God, I've been in Australia for too long. They say H, it's like HR, H and R block. Anyway. HR professional here, do your research and how you add value, know your numbers and be prepared to say more than what you want to. Always negotiate your salary if you're starting a new role. Yes, girl, I love that. I love that so much. We need to, we can ask for more money. Um, how can you become more confident in your authentic self, pin? Ashley, you're bringing the fire today, girlfriend. You're bringing me the fire, I love it. Okay, so Ashley, how can you be more authentic in, how can you become more confident in your authentic self? I don't know if you're going to like this, but I believe that we don't know who we are. I believe that no one knows who they are. And I believe that people go, 
just be yourself. And I'm like, who is that self? Which self should I be? Should I be the hot mess of a self that was uh, drinking alcohol and numbing out and blacking out and yelling and screaming? Should I be that self? Or should I be the self that is doing the work and healing? Or should I be the self that's a hot fucking mess crying because I'm doing my work and my healing? Well, which self am I meant to be? And so I believe that we don't know who we are. And I believe we are always, every day, every second, hopefully this live, changes you, shifts you. It changes me. Every time I evolve and I learn something new, my brain changes. Every four weeks, my skin fucking falls off, so doesn't yours. I have new skin. Every, I think, 12 months, you have a new skeleton. Like, shit is always going and leaving and you're becoming new. Like, nature changes, the seasons, the leaves fall off. We're never the same. And so I don't like to look at myself as I know myself. I don't know who the fuck I am. I know who I'm not. I know who I'm not. I know who I don't want to be. And every day I go, I don't want to be that. And I'm not that. And I'm not that. And I take off the layer of that. And sometimes the layer comes from cultural shit. Sometimes the layer comes from societal bullshit or media. Sometimes the layer comes from your own pressure, your family. And it's like, take that off take that layer off so I don't know who I am and I don't think we ever will I think I am constantly evolving and changing and growing and I hope I never know who I am and I hope you never know who you are because if you're like this is who I am that's rigid as fuck right like that's like concrete cement so if you're I know who I am and this is who I am how do we now shift and move when you learn something new, when you get new information, when a layer of yourself gets healed and you want to let that layer fall off? No, it's my layer because that's who I am. I'm like, oh, that's so rigid. So for me, I like to go, I don't know who I am. And instead of becoming my authentic self, every day I'm creating who I want to be by letting go of who I'm not. So how can I step into my confident, authentic self today? That's a beautiful question to ask yourself. And confidence, if we think about confidence, it's you believing in yourself. So do you believe that you will figure it out? Do you believe that you can do it? Do you believe that you will learn? Do you believe that you're a good person? Do you believe that you want to change? So whatever it is in your life, it's like, actually, I believe that I can figure this out. And I believe in myself enough to know that I can overcome this. And I want to say this to every single person that's watching this right now. Whatever you're going through right now, no matter how hard it feels, you can overcome this. And I want you to believe that you can because you're doing it. You're in it right now. And even if it feels hard and if it feels heavy, you wouldn't get it if you couldn't hold it. It wouldn't be in front of you if it wasn't for you to hold, to work through, to overcome. And the fact that you're here, if you look back at all the shit that you went through already, you are 100% strike rate. You're here still. All that crazy shit you've been through and you're still here right now. That's your strike rate, 100%. So how do I know you can deal with this right now? Because you're here and it's yours. And it's yours on purpose. And if you can find the purpose for why you're in this fucked up or painful situation, that is the meaning. What's the meaning behind it? What's the point of this? That's the biggest fucking question we ask ourselves all the time. So who are you today? How can you step into your fully expressed self right now? Not the whole day, not the whole life. I just go, how do I feel today? How do I feel right now? Can I be who I am right now? Yeah. Am I holding anything back? Why? What am I holding back in this moment of expression? Because we only have this moment, right? Like I can't be like, I'm going to be myself all week and something might happen and I need to be a new self 
I need to be a sad self. I don't resonate with being a sad person, but if some shit happens in my life that's gonna make me sad, that version of me authentically to be expressed is sad Erica. And how does she express? In the way sadness expressed through me. If I'm happy, how does happy version of me express? And can I be happy 24 seven? Of course not, you know? So I don't like to hold on to that's who I am and I'm anxious and I'm ADHD and I'm depressed and I'm Puerto Rican and I'm loud and I'm angry. It's like, no, sometimes I'm not loud. Sometimes I'm quiet and I'm not, I am Puerto Rican, but is that all I am? Is all I am uh, my, my label or my anxiety? So I'm really careful with how I word who I am and how I am and I do it in the moment. So to answer your question in that long ass winded way, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Um, become your confident self in this moment, authentic self in this moment. Who am I right now? And what would the most confident version of me do right now? I love that question. If I was in my confidence right now, if I was the most confident version of me right now, what would she do? And ask her, what would she do? And see if you get an answer. And if you can do it and see what comes up. Ashley's bringing the heat today. I love it, Ashley. Gracias. Thank you so much. Okay, my love, really quickly, if you have been enjoying this episode of me answering your confidence questions, I want to invite you to click the link in the show notes and join us for our Creating Confidence Masterclass. This masterclass is a full day event in person in Melbourne, Australia, or you can live stream. That is right. We're doing virtual tickets to this event. No matter where you live in the world, you can join us in the room. You can hear how I share my tips to create confidence on the daily. No matter how you feel right now, if you are in a lack of self-confidence and self-belief, I will share with you exactly what you need to do and what you can stop doing in order to actually show up as your most confident self every single day. There are specific things that confident women do and there are things that we don't do. And I want to share this with you at this live event. So if, no matter where you live in the world, you can get a virtual ticket to this event. You will get the recording live stream. You will join us in the room. It is the most amazing event ever. We used to run this a lot before the pandemic. I even took this event to Los Angeles and New Zealand. We did this overseas. It was incredible. And it's been the event that supported so many women around the world to stand up and show up and speak up and create their confidence, that self-belief that says, hell yeah, I can create what I want. So if you want to join me in the room, make sure you click the link in the show notes or go to thequeenofconfidence.com. The first banner you see will be tickets to Creating Confidence Masterclass. All right, let's continue with the Q&A. Uh, okay, so vamos a ver quién más está aquí. Thank you so much. You're amazing and beautiful self. This helps me so much. Kiara, thank you. Thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. Um, great point. We got we got peeps in the house. Hello, hello, hello. We're just answering some questions on confidence. Um, Ashley said, I've never heard anyone answer that question that way. Yes, yes, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think it was a long-winded thing, but I always like to think about it in that way because I think it helps. Um, Babe Cave. Oh, I like that name. Pamelita says, you've helped me tremendously. Thank you. Oh, thank you, my love. Thank you so much. So yeah, we're answering confidence questions. Uh, I need a big push. So many problems. Tell me one. Um, when we say so many problems, everything's gone to shit. Nobody loves me. The world is fucked. It's very big. It's very big. It's almost like you don't want a solution when you say that. It's like, you know what? What's really fucking with me right now is this one thing. This is the thing if I was to look at it. And then... Look at that thing. And from that thing, I believe, um, Kana, 
I believe that if you take that big rock that's fucking with you, that big thing, and you move it, everything else starts to move. So if you think about like a wall of rocks and there's a big one, I go for the big rock and I move it, the little rocks are gonna move. So it might feel like everything's fucked, but really it's one thing that's really messing with you. And if you start working on that one thing and shifting that one thing a little bit, it's gonna significantly impact everything else. Cool? Um, okay, Babe Cave says, advice on the illusion of perfection. Tell me more. Tell me more. Let's talk about perfection. What is the advice? Am I going to sneeze? Y'all are about to hear the sneeze. Oh, God. Am I going to sneeze? Oh, yo, it's the loudest sneeze and I can't stop it. And I'm happy that it didn't, <laughs> I'm happy that it didn't work. Okay, good. So tell me, Babe Cave, Pamelita, what's the, um, what's the thing with per perfection that you feel like you need to achieve perfection? Perfection is interesting, right? It's this thing that keeps us from trying. And I remember hearing someone say that perfection is for scared people. And I was like, oh shit. Like, you're so scared of fucking it up and it not being perfect that you would rather just keep yourself in this loop of I can't do anything. So perfectionism, uh, we're scared. And it keeps us small and it keeps us safe because we don't have to do anything. Because we're like, oh, it's not gonna be perfect. So I would really, I would really question, I would really question where in your life you're striving for perfection. Um, Babe Cave says, thank you. You're giving me the answers now. Here we go. Unhappy with my weight, with current accomplishments. With my weight and with current accomplishments. Okay, cool. So weight is interesting because there's no perfect weight, right? You talk to a lady who's a size 24 and she's like, you're a size 16. You're so skinny. The size 16 says to a size 12, oh my God, you're so skinny. The size 12 says to a size eight, oh my God, you're so skinny. I mean, it's all relative for each person. The fucking size eight says to the size six or the size zero, right? And no one's happy. So weight is, is a hard one because you really can't, you can't be a perfect weight. There is no perfect weight when it comes to that. It's really about you and what the meaning is. So a lot of the times we have meaning on our weight. We have meaning on the way that we should look. We have meaning because the world, society tells us, media tells us that we're supposed to be a certain height, a certain weight, a certain whatever. Pimples are bad, wrinkles are bad. Uh, this is good, this is bad. So we get into this comparison mode. Um, so what I would say to you is perfection is an illusion and clearly you know that because you put that into, into your question. You're never gonna reach perfection and the strive for perfection keeps you from doing anything. So instead of you trying to go for perfection, I would say suck, go suck ass, like really badly, not suck someone's ass, that's another podcast, um, but just go suck ass, go be bad, go fuck it up. You know, like be fearless in fucking it up because you're going to. And the only way you get closer to somewhat of perfection, the only way you get closer to being better at what you do is by sucking so much, so many times, thank you, right? Sucking so much and so many times that at one point in time, you're like, oh, I don't suck at that anymore. I don't suck that much. I suck less. Hey, I'm actually good at this. Fuck, I'm amazing at this. Yo, I'm the best at this. Am I ever gonna be perfect? Never. But I will be pretty damn good and pretty damn close to amazing at what I do now because I sucked ass so bad when no one wanted to suck because they were scared to suck. So it's like perfectionism keeps you scared and it keeps you in this bubble of um, uh, procrastination, right? And it's like the enemy of confidence, perfection. Like they, they're, it's the enemy. And perfection also makes you judgmental as fuck of not only yourself, but of others. 
and it is like this negative spiral of like, it's just not good yet. It's not there yet. It's horrible for your nervous system because perfection has got you worried and scared and, uh, and tight and nervous. And so your nervous system is in survival. And I don't know your background, but if you've ever had any hard shit happen to you, your survival instincts are probably really lit. And so to activate that every time you're trying to be perfect, it's just like reactivating something that's been so worked for your whole life that it's your, it becomes a default. And then it becomes this, I'm, I can't do this, I can't do that. It's procrastination. It feels like nothing I do gets me any growth. And then it could feel kind of like everything sucks, everything's shit, why should I try? You can get really down on yourself, you know? So I think my advice to you would just be like, uh, there is an illusion of perfection. And instead of trying to strive for perfection, just progress, just do some shit. Do some little shit, not big shit, do little shit. Um, I've got a creating confidence cheat sheet. It's like five steps to create confidence. I think it would really help you. If you send me a DM, I'll send you the link for that. It's just a free cheat sheet and you can follow it. And it's like, it'll get you moving because perfection stalls you. You, you stall, you stop, you don't do shit. And, and the thing with, with confidence is you wanna, you wanna be moving. It's a practice like yoga, like meditation. You're never gonna achieve it. You're constantly striving for it. And the more you show up, to create it, the more you show up to confidence town, the more you show up to action, the more you show up to doing the scary thing, the better you get at it. Your muscle gets worked, but you're never gonna be perfect. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's hopefully gonna answer your question. I love you, thank you so much for asking that. Shiva says, okay, Shiva Shakti, what would be your advice or what is it that you would do? Oh, sorry, fuck, I can't read this comment now. Um, what would be your advice or what is it that you would, you do to go off the comfort zone and rip the bandage off or jump into the moment before it's gone? How do I do that? Okay, um, so if you feel it, if you feel the fear, if you feel like, let's say for example, Shiva Shakti, you get asked to speak in front of a group of people. Let's say, for example, you want to share a message with people like I'm sharing now and you have to push live and you're like, fuck, I don't want to go live like that's so scary. What I would say, my advice on how do you rip the bandage off is doing it. It's just being like live. Hi, I'm live. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know if I'm going to fuck this up. I don't really like doing this. I'm super out of my comfort zone. I might start speaking really fast and start speaking Spanish to you because I'm so nervous. And I'm definitely gonna start scratching my head because that's what I do when I get nervous. And you just start telling on yourself. Like, I'm nervous, I'm, I'm scared, uh, I don't know how to do this. I feel like I've ripped the bandage off because I wanna get better, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Cool, all right, let's start. That's one example of how I would rip the bandage off of going live on Instagram because we're so worried about fucking it up live. Like my nose is itchy as hell right now and I'm scratching it and it's annoying, but what do I gotta do? Not scratch my nose? That's so weird. My nose is itchy, I'm gonna fucking scratch it. I have a tissue, if I didn't, I would just be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like we overthink like, well, what would people think? Nothing, people get itchy noses. My nose gets itchy when I'm talking and I'm like on fire as well. It doesn't happen on stage, which is weird. Maybe because I'm moving, but that's what happens to me. The more I talk and the more vibration, it's like itchy nose. What happens if I get a booger? What happens if I have to sneeze? Some, what happens if someone walks into my video? It's life. Life is gonna throw shit your way. And so if you over prepare for life and if you're like, shit, I'm not gonna do it because what if, what if, what if all this bad shit happens? Do you do that? Like think about all the bad things that could happen. 
But did you forget to think about the good things that could happen? And what if those bad things never happen? What if it's only good shit that happens? And you overthink and overplan for yourself to fail and that's never going to happen. And so chasing your fears and stepping outside of your comfort zone is exactly that. Your stomach feels a bit sick. There's pee dripping down your leg. You got skin marks in your undies. Your knees are wobbly. You're fucking sweating from the pits or your lip. Your hands are wet and shaking and you're fucking nervous. You're on the precipice of living. That's life. How exciting. What a rush. I chased my fears. I noticed the other day I said to my husband, I think I chased my fears because they're coming for me. If I'm living a well-lived life, baby, my fears are coming for me. I believe it's a life well-lived. But what if you went for them? What if you didn't wait for them to come to you and you went for them? That would be called successful. Everybody you think is successful, they're fucking chasing their fears. That's all they're doing. They're scared to speak publicly. They're scared to do a podcast. They're scared to promote their business. They're scared to do an Instagram live. They're scared, but they're doing it anyway because that's how we get movement. That's how shit happens. None of us can go and create everything we want without feeling tight in our asshole. Like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I'm always scared. I want you to know, always. If I'm not scared, what am I doing? So that's my advice. Like, don't overthink it, do it. Now, I'm not saying don't listen to your intuition and walk down the fucking alleyway with the weirdo you just met at the bar. That is not what I'm saying. That's not smart. That's not you being fearless. That's some dumb shit. Don't do that. Okay, listen to your intuition. When someone doesn't feel good, don't do it. When something doesn't feel good, don't do it. But I'm saying you stepping outside of your comfort zone and jumping into the moment, do it. But I'm not saying don't listen to your intuition. And I think if you don't believe in yourself and you don't have self-confidence and your worthiness is not high, you're going to mistake in your intuition and fear for some other shit. You're not going to be loud enough. Your intuition's not loud. It's a whisper. And I talked about this in my book in chapter four. FWOT, I talked about it there. Like, how do you know the difference between intuition and fear? If you don't know yourself, you're not doing the work on yourself. If you're not unraveling all your stuff and growing your worthiness and your self-confidence, you're going to mistake in the two. And that's different. So I hope that that doesn't confuse you. But thank you for your question. Um, Kayla, what's up, girl? Best way to start my day. Yes, oof, my so much childhood and trauma. I know. I hear you. Me too. Me too, baby. It's a lot. But the work, you could do the work. Like, let me tell you right now. This is what I do before I answer the next question. This is what I do. I do this work with women. This is what we do in community. I love community. Yes, I do very limited one-to-one -one coaching. But to be honest, my favorite is my group. The group is where it's at because we sit with women and we do this work together and we realize, fuck, a lot of us have this stuff. A lot of us have had to go through difficult shit and trauma and bullshit and family shit and, you know, hard times to overcome. A lot of us have had to do that. And it's very lonely when you work on yourself. And if you're working on yourself and you're the only one in your friend group or your family group. Sorry, I just got to check because this I don't play with my brows, y'all. Looking like angry birds, angry birds. Um, if you're the only one in your family group or your friend group that's doing the work on yourself, it could get lonely. And then you almost feel ostracized. Like what's wrong with you that you want to be a better person? What's wrong with you that you want to improve yourself? Who do you think you are that you want to grow and level up now? Who the fuck? Well, you're better than us. All that shit that happens when you're trying to be better, that's what happens. And so building this community and being in the sisterhood and having live coaching and someone like me that supports you and having a community that guides you and having tools and books and homework that like supports you to grow and be a better person. This is where that shit's at for me. That's why I love this so much. Um, okay, how do I end up? Bye -bye. 
Love this Q&A. Do you guys like this? We should keep doing this. Let me know if you like this because I would love to do this. I love to talk to y'all. The, the worst thing is answering my own questions. So when I, I create a lot of content, but I love to know what you want because I don't pretend to know what you want or what you need. Okay, pull up. What? Hold on. Pull up a chair three. What up? Pull up a chair three. I like your Instagram names. It's cute. Okay, cool. My mind never shuts down and due to trauma around journaling, I know. Sorry, I'm trying to read the comment. I know I definitely need to, but how do I get over that? How do you get over what? Tell me a little bit more because I think maybe I missed the rest of the question. How do I get over that? Um, due to trauma, my mind never shuts down. So I'll talk about journaling while you send me the rest of the question. What do you mean about how do I get over that? What's that? Um, with journaling, the reason why I like it, I don't, I don't do, and if you ever work with me and I, in my programs or if I've ever coached you, I don't do like, dear diary. I don't do that kind of journaling. My journaling is really about getting to know my mind because I'll tell you one thing. Many of us, if not all of us, do not know our mind. And to me, that's dangerous. That's danger zone. If you don't know your mind and you don't know your thoughts and you don't know what you're thinking, who does know your mind? The media, corporations, marketers, advertisers, they know your mind. They know that you're gonna buy this shit because they know that you lack confidence. They know that you're gonna get the diet pills because you think that you're not a good weight. Like they know you so well. And so my goal is I wanna know my own mind. I wanna know what are the top three thoughts that fuck with me the most. Do you know your top three thoughts that you think all the time that always come back? Do you know what they are? Most of us don't know, by the way. Most people don't know what the thoughts they think that fuck with them the most are, where they came from, how often they think them, why they think them, when they think them, who's around them when they come up. What do I do with this thought? Where did this thought come from? Is it even mine or is it my grandmother's or is it my mother's? Is that my uncle that I can hear in my head? Is it true? Do I just believe that I'm a piece of shit because I believe that? Because someone told me that? Or that I'm too fat? Is that true? What is too fat? What is that? Where did this shit come from? We don't inquire enough. And so with journaling, all I do is like, if I was to take my brain and dump it on the paper, like if my brain was a stamp, it'd be a pink stamp with little crowns on it. And I opened my brain up and I just put it on paper and went, I went, fuck, that's all the shit that's in there. That's what I do with journaling. I just get it out of here. It's like having a conversation. You know when you talk to someone and you feel better? And you're like, blah, 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 blah. That's what the journaling is. Blah, 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 blah. Fucking bullshit. What am I cooking for dinner? I don't know. My leg is itchy. Man, you know what fucking pisses me off? Fuck, I don't feel like this because I, blah, blah, blah. And I just talk to myself on paper. You do that every fucking day for two weeks. Then you look. You start to see patterns of the thoughts that you think and what you're always thinking. And when you hang out with your mother, then you start to think that ba 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 ba. When you hang out with your sister, this comes up. And every time you go here, oh, interesting. You start to study yourself. You become the study of yourself. You become the subject, right? And you start to understand why you do what you do when you do it. Then you can start to, when you understand something, then you can change it. But we'd be like, I wanna change it. No, you need to understand. You need to have self-compassion. Why, what trauma? is stopping you? What What is it that's getting in the way? Um, okay, let me see, let me see what else. Sorry, I'm just gonna see if you sent the rest of it. Journaling has saved me putting it all down on paper 100%. 100%, it's like, this is just the shit that, if, if, if we don't look at this stuff, we can't change it. And if you don't know your own mind, who knows your mind? Who's gonna know it more than you? And yeah, it's scary. Sometimes a lot of the women that end up joining me and working with me, they, they were like, I wasn't going to do it because I was so scared of what I would find. And I'm like, you already lived the difficult thing. 
Pull up a chair three. I feel like you've already lived some difficult shit. So if you've already lived it, you already survived, you already went through it. I'm like, get a reward, learn from it. Because what happens when we act like, nope, don't wanna go there, nope, bury that, put it under the rug, bury that, bury that, I can't look at that. A, a horrible thing happens to you and you're like, you barely made it out and you survived and then you're like, fuck that, I don't wanna talk about that, I don't wanna go back there, go back there, I don't wanna do that again. You're not gonna go back there, you're never gonna go back there, it's gonna feel like you're back there, but you're not. All you're doing is looking you're just looking at what happened. Who did you become? What happened? How did this happen? What? It's like your fucking Sherlock Holmes investigation. Let's go back to the crime scene. All right. Neutral, not with emotion, neutral, going back to the crime scene. Cool. And then you start to learn and understand why things happen and how you are the way you are. And what, oh, wow, that makes sense. And hopefully the goal is getting self-compassion. We suck at being compassionate to ourselves. We could be compassionate to someone else. In my event, also, by the way, I'm running a Creating Confidence Masterclass on the 6th of August. And no matter where you are in the world, you can come. We have a live stream. So if you're in Canada, Babe Cave, uh, my girl Ashley, my pull up a chair, all y'all that are here that have been here for the whole chat, if you go to the link in my bio, it's the top one. You can get a virtual ticket, you'll have a replay. Or if you're in Melbourne or you can fly to Australia, come to this live event. And one of the exercises we do, I won't tell you what it is because it's awesome, but we do this exercise. And it's full on, like people are like, shit. And the thing that people say in this exercise is not about their own, it's about witnessing someone else. So we have compassion for other people. Oh my God, don't think that about yourself, Erica. You're beautiful. Don't think that about yourself, Babe Cave Pamelita. You're beautiful. Why do you think that about yourself, Nina? Oh my God. But I'm like, what about you? Where's the compassion for yourself? And we're not great at that. I have to be honest. If we can get more compassionate with ourselves, it will substantially shift the way that we heal because we can't heal something we won't reveal. And we won't reveal it because we're judgmental, angry, frustrated, we don't think we can make it. And I'm like, yo, you went through some hard shit, like be kind to yourself. And through the kindness of self, you get understanding, you get softness, you get information, you get healing. What? Next level. Okay, so I hope that that helps. I didn't get any more info from you from that, so I couldn't answer the rest of it, but I hope that that helped. Okay, um, I love you. Thank you for feeling the fire with me here. Okay, so please come to Canada. It's not as bad as it seems. I love Canada. I love, we have so many women from Canada in our program. So many girls will benefit 100%. Vancouver, oh my God, I love it. Um, Kiara said, what all, what all entails being a part of the sisterhood? So it's a year-long coaching program. Um, it's a lot of live and online. So I like live. I'm not like an online course person. So there are things that you do on our app and you do it yourself. There are journaling prompts. There are books. There are uh, videos. There are audios. There's a whole meditation course that goes along with your 12 months in the sisterhood. But the, and then there's a community. But then there's live coaching calls with me. There's live events. Um, there's sister circles. So we meet uh, and we just share all the shit that's going on. There's areas where you can submit questions and get coaching. So we'll sit on a call for two hours every month and I will coach with you. Like, hey, tell me what's going on. Okay, what's this? Someone else will get up and share and then I'll coach them and we'll work together and it's really beautiful. Um, and I mail you something to your house because I love mailing like a book, our big sisterhood workbook. That workbook in itself will fucking change your life. So you get it mailed to your house and people work through all of the lessons in the book. You come to the events, you come to the calls, and then you do your own work throughout uh, 12 months. It's life-changing. It's really six key areas if you want to change your life completely. So it's about managing your mind and thinking better thoughts so you feel better. 
Uh, we teach around not caring what people think about you, how to become your fully expressed self and not let the opinion of other people stop you. Uh, we talk about ego and how to overcome like your shadow self and creating your alter ego and so or your alter shego. My alter shego is the queen of confidence. That's who I aspire to be. So I'm not her. She's like my Sasha Fierce, you know, like how do we become our, our own alter shegos? And there are certain things that we do in order to create that altered version of ourselves so we can step into her every day and fucking own our shit and show up to the calls or show up to our um a job to negotiate a pay rise or get on stage as our alter shego like she comes out and she's the one that we prepare for and we get her activated and the goal is to merge with your alter shego and become her like i am the queen of confidence every fucking day most of the time uh, i believe beyonce sasha fierce and she pretends to be beyonce so that she can be palpable but really beyonce is fucking sasha fierce you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think she's Beyonce. I think she's Sasha Fierce. And Beyonce is who she pretends to be so she could keep herself cool because of her family and all that shit. But I really believe she's Sasha Fierce. Anyway, that's a whole other conspiracy theory that I have. Um, and then we talk about uh, self-love and worthiness. That is a massive lesson, huge module in the sisterhood. Big one. Self-love, worthiness, body image, boundaries. Oh, it's a big one. The next one is relationships and me and my husband do that module and we talk about communication, collaboration, confrontation, how you have powerful relationships, not just with your loved ones, but in your family unit, like how you break generational trauma and shit like that. And then the last module is money and manifesting. And we talk about how you can, how you actually manifest, like we break down what manifesting is because no offense, but I do feel like a lot of the spiritual community makes manifesting like, you know, I want to be a millionaire. I want affirmations. And I'm like, fuck that shit. Not affirmations are not going to work when you don't believe that shit's going to happen. And you can't just pray and wish and meditate for fucking money to fall from the sky and hit you in the head. That's not how it works. And a lot of people don't believe that. So then how do we actually manifest? How do we make manifest? How do I say it and it becomes how do we make it real? How do I attract? How are you becoming magnetic? So in this module, we talk about all of that. And then the other side of that is money. And because I believe women need to be making money. I don't care if you're a business owner, you fucking work nine to five, or you're a stay at home mother doing a, uh, what's it called? MLM kind of situation. You should be making money. And when women have money, the world is a better place. And that's a sisterhood. It's like six big modules, live coaching, live events. If in Australia, we have in-person events. And it's, it's super fun. So thank you for asking about that. Um, Beck Bishop is in the sisterhood. She says, I love the sisterhood and I don't speak up in the group as much as I'd like to, but I love hearing from the women who are brave enough to share. So beneficial for those who don't speak up too. Yes. And speak up. Share. We want to hear from you. Why not? You've, you are valued and your experience is important and valued. Uh, Rays of Jane says, Erica, you changed my life. I love you forever. I love you too. And I love your profile picture. It's beautiful. Oh, I love y'all. Melissa. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We've got a question. I like this. If you love this, stay. Let's do this. Hi from Denmark. What up, Denmark? Okay, Melissa says, how would you break through on socials with topics that everyone should know, but major organizations and personal doubt keeps you silent? Ooh, okay. So a few things I'm hearing in this question is you have a belief that you're not allowed to say what you want to say or you have a belief that someone's going to silence you. Um, and I don't know the intricacies of if you're a part of this organization and it's your job and you don't want to get in trouble because like work be checking your social media now, which I think that crosses a line. But anyway, a lot of organizations check your social media. Or if you believe that if you speak your truth, organizations are going to come for you. I don't know what that is. So I'm going to use the example of both. We'll just use both. 
So here's the thing. If you have a message that you need to share, you got to share it. And every day that you don't share your message, every day that you don't say what you want to say, you are ripping the world off of what you came to say. Number one. That's what I believe. If I don't do this work, imagine if I don't do my podcast, if I don't show up on social media, if I don't share this message of self-confidence and women healing and women doing what they want to do with their lives, I not only hurt my own impact, so it costs me my fucking purpose, it costs me my life, it costs me everything, my joy, my happiness. That's expensive if you ask me. That's a lot of cost. But then it costs you because I don't get to impact you. I don't get to share with you. If I've helped any of you here, you don't get to get that because I don't show up. So I weigh that shit up. And every time my impact and my message wins because the weight of that is next level. So that's number one. So just show up and share. And number two, if you legally can't say it the way you want to say it, or if you are worried about corporations or people coming at you, be strategic with how you say it. You could say a lot. You could say a lot without saying it. Do you know what I mean? You could be strategic with how you position your view. Also, I don't believe we need to spoon feed people. The people that need to hear your message will find you. Consider that you found this live and I found you and this is a co-creation. You just pushed, oh, I'm gonna join Erica's live and you're here. Why are you here right now with me? Why? Why am I here doing this at fucking 1025 in the morning on a Thursday morning, right? Who knows, but we're here. You found your way here. I found my way here. So I trust that whatever intelligence you have brought you to me, but I also brought me to you, if that makes sense. So second is you don't have to save the world. You don't have to tell everyone all the things that you think everyone needs to hear. Share your message and trust that those who need to hear it will come. But if you don't show up, no one will come. And I think we underestimate the benefit that we have on social media and we give it a bad rap. And the reality is it is a fucking tool. It's a neutral platform. Instagram's not negative or positive. It's how you use it. It's how we use it. We are the users, right? So I think that if that's the place where you feel called to share is on social media because you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck, you're going to reach the most amount of people and you're thinking about doing it every day that you don't, you don't get your impact, right? And so I'm not saying be reckless, but if you're worried about corporations or whoever, be strategic. And also um, everyone should know, topics that everyone should know. I would question that. If everyone should know it, then they would know it and they don't. And I love Byron Katie. She says like, is it true that they should know? Oh, yes, they should know. Okay, well, maybe you should know. Maybe you're the one that needs to know it. And by you knowing it, you share it with those who you can reach. But there are people that don't know. And maybe they don't need to know because they need to discover what they need to discover. Like no one could have taken me away from my pain. I needed to have that pain. Am I happy I was sexually abused as a kid? No, but no one could have taken that away from me. And I'm grateful that that experience happened so I could become who I am. Now, am I happy that happened? No, but it shouldn't have happened, but it does. Shit, bad shit happens all the time. Is there any good to the bad shit? And who are we to say that shouldn't happen? Because that's someone else's life. That's someone else's path that now you're trying to cross over. Does that make sense? So I would share what you can Focus on what you can do. A good question to ask yourself is, what can I do? Well, I can't do that and I can't do that and I can't do this. Don't ask yourself that. What can I do? Well, I can do that, do that. Every day, what can I do? Because that can I do makes you feel like you're empowered and you are and you're a creator and you are and then you can make shit happen. I don't have the money for that. Cool, how can I create the money for that? What a different question. I just don't have the money. I'll never have the money. I don't have enough money. That sucks. That's like a fucking brick wall. I never say that. I never say that. All right, what do we need to do so that we can create X amount of money to have that thing? 
Now I'm in work mode. I'm like, all right, so what can we do? Solution, creation. I think with that mindset. So hopefully that helps you, my darling Melissa. Thank you for that question. Uh, we got Denmark in the house. We're in Australia over here, girlfriend. Do you also train others to coach in your company? I don't train others to coach. Um, however, I have a really dear friend. We are running an event in September for anyone that wants to become a coach, who thinks that they want to help people, who thinks that they want to be of service because our coaching industry is suffering because people have a good heart and they want to help people and they think that's enough. Well, I changed my life, so I'm going to help people. That's not enough. If you don't have tools and you open up someone's shit, you should not be opening up trauma as a coach. That's not coaching. That's some therapy shit, right? And if you don't know what to do, you could actually hurt people with your good heart of good intention. So Jules Parker, who runs Beautiful You Academy, me and her are running an event uh, in September for anyone who feels like they want to take their mess and turn it into their message, who wants to support people in coaching and learn about what coaching is, you can make so much money and so much impact as a coach on your own terms, in your own way. It is one of the best industries to get into if you have a care and love for people. So that event is happening in September. Make sure that you're subscribed to thequeenofconfidence.com. Click on subscribe and then you'll get all the emails and all the little codes and uh, freebies, there's free masterclasses, lots of stuff coming up, so that is happening. Uh, I help coaches who are already, or therapists who are already doing it, grow their business. Kiara, you're in Houston. We've got like three women or four women in the sisterhood in Texas. I'm gonna message you, because you are the bomb. Uh, you totally need to join us, my love. Um, okay, Ashley, you get an award. If I could give you the award of best questions and most questions today, you get it, girlfriend, okay? Uh, were you confident in yourself and your expertise when you first started your business? Did you feel like you needed to be a pro before starting? Um, I wasn't confident in myself because I hadn't done it yet, but I was confident that I could do it. So two things, they ha there's this quote, and I, I really don't like this quote. For a long time, I never liked it, but I understand where it comes from, and I'm less judgmental about this quote now. But they say confidence um, comes from competence. So I'm putting my heater on and my, it's fucking freezing. So confidence comes from competence, meaning um, when you do it a lot, you become more confident. So I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, that's okay for a task. So yes, when you do coaching or when you do business a lot, you become more confident because you fuck up so much that you're like, oh, I got this now. When you're driving, you first drive, worst driver ever. Who here learned how to drive and was the best driver? No one. <laughs> You're like fl flicking, looking at lights. The fucking driver next to you is like making sure that you're doing your thing. Your teacher trying to get your license. You're nervous. Your hands are shaking. You got both hands on the wheel. You're like fucking a robot when you're first driving. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to drive. So you're not confident because you've never done it before. But the more you get behind that wheel, you start to go, ah, oh, I got a rhythm. I got a flow. I put my light on. I turn the thing. I look to the side. Okay, I can merge in the freeway. So you get more confident in that, right? So the competence comes from the actual task, the doing of the task, but the self-confidence says, even if I've never driven and I'm about to get in this car, I know and I believe that I can do this. That's the self-confidence. And that shit's high, high. I believe I can do this. Why? Because my self-belief is connected to my self-worth, which is connected to my self-trust, which is connected to all the work and all the healing that I've done and unraveling of you are worthy. You are amazing. You know what you're doing. You can do this. Even if you don't know, you're going to work it out. I believe in you. You got a 100% strike rate. Look at you. You're good. You got this. And that self-belief and that self-confidence is what drives my ability to go for the scary shit. Try it. Fail. Go again. I don't even believe in failure if I'm honest. It's not fail. It's fuck it up, learn, 
try again. Fuck it up, learn, try again, right? So I, when I first started my business, I said to my husband, I don't know if I can do this. I, I was coaching, I was working on myself for eight years. Now, it's not about time frames, but I notice a lot of young coaches um, get into, or therapists get into therapy or coaching after a month or two. Like they work on themselves and they're like, I love this. And then they move their attention on self to other. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Like if I would have started coaching early, I would have been un unraveled. I hadn't done my work. And I didn't really uh, know myself to that level. I hadn't really unraveled all my shit. So my shit would have shown up in a session. So I like that I waited eight years and I went to all my mentors and said, do you think I can do this? I didn't go to a school. I was like, do you think I can do this? I had spent $170,000 on my own life story healing it. I had a horrible life story and I completely transformed in 12 months. That's why sisterhood is 12 months. So I was like, I wanna do this. And all my coaches were like, blessing, go. You're gonna be an amazing coach. And I started learning some skills and tools so I could have those in my sessions. And I did a client for free for three months. So I wasn't charging. I was humble as fuck. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me try. She killed it. It was amazing. Took another client on. It was amazing. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I charged really low because it had to combat my lack of belief. So a lot of women are like, charge your worth, girl. You're worth it. And I'm like, yeah, that's cute. But if you don't believe you're worth it, you're going to be like, uh -uh, can you pay me this much money? And you're like, you're not owning it. It's like wearing red lipstick. And you're like, Oh my God, do my lips look okay? I'm like, oh my God, just don't wear it then. Fuck, if you're gonna wear it, wear it, right? So I had a low price point and I was owning it. And I believed, like, if you don't pay that, you're tripping. And it was so good because people believed it. I believed it. I owned it. And then I did really well. And then women were like, damn, you're good. And I'm like, damn, I'm good. I got proof that I'm good at my business. I got proof. Substantial, not a week. I had fucking proof months. Then I went, I'll up it a little bit more. I felt good about it. I felt a little uncomfortable, but good. Then women paid, makes sense? And so that's how I like to charge your worth, especially if you're not getting paid. Nobody's paying you. Then clearly you're charging too much. Charge low, get a fucking yes. Who cares? Who cares about the feminist movement of like pay more? I know that's fucking uh, polarizing and conflicting and triggering for some people, but honestly, boo, if you're not getting paid, charge what you will get paid, get paid, get self-confidence. Every time someone pays you, then charge more. Match what you charge. Don't be trying to charge more and you don't believe in yourself. I just ranted on a whole other thing, Ashley. I love you, I'm sorry. Um, but I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I needed to be a pro. I just went, I'm a starting, I'm a starter, so I'm gonna charge what a starter charges. I'm a starter, so I'm gonna give myself some slack when I fuck up and I don't do good. And I told people, I'm just starting, cool? They were like, cool, I'm like, amazing. And then after some sessions and clients, I'm like, I know what I'm doing, I'm amazing. And now I'm in college getting my bachelor's degree in psychotherapy and I'm starting Beautiful You Academy in July to do more coach training, not because I don't know what I'm doing, but because I wanna learn more. So now I'm, I'm still learning. I still feel like I can always keep learning and growing. And so I would highly recommend if you're in business or you're a professional, don't stop learning. Don't tell yourself, yeah, I know that already. The worst fucking thing you can say is I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't like that statement because I feel like I don't know shit. And when I feel like I don't know shit, I'm open, I'm, a, I'm a empty, this fucking, I need to get some water. I'm empty, but if I'm full and I'm like, teach me, well, baby, you're full. What can I teach you? You think you know already. It's like, yeah, teach me, I already, I'm, I'm fucking up to the rim. If I come in empty and I'm like, teach me, I'm empty, I'm ready to be filled up, I'm gonna learn a lot more than if I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Cool? Ashley's dropping the heat, gracias, gracias. Um, okay, so we've got 
I must head off. Thank you, Beck. Um, yep, amazing, Melissa. I've dealt with this and it's my work. Yes, good. Okay, so it's your work. Um, what up, Allison? I'm so happy you're here. We're just answering questions around confidence. So I had my in my stories, I had questions, and for whatever stupid reason, they weren't working. So now, um, here we are. We got a question. Uh, I am Emily Moreno. How do you pursue a purpose coaching via social media when your boss follows you on all and seeing all? I would have a conversation. Are you not allowed to pursue a second career? You know? Um, yeah, I would have. Hi, Jenny. I love you. What up, squad? Um, I would, I would first of all, talk to your boss if you want to do this career, you know, if you're worried about it. Um, second of all, can you block or, or like restrict people. I, I'm all for you being a fully expressed version of you. I don't know the legalities of your work, but I had a job that I worked at home part-time and uh, it was selling shampoo and conditioner for L'Oreal, for Kerastase. I was working for them and on the weekends I was doing my business. But during my work hours, I was doing my work, but I was part-time. So, and nobody was following me and asking me questions because I was doing my work. So my work was getting done and my plan was yes, to move on and do the next step. So I think it's number one, owning what you're doing and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. And if it is something wrong and you're not supposed to be doing it, then I would 100% have a conversation, block, delete, do whatever you need to do. As long as you're not breaking your legality, you're fine. And it's more about what do people think about me and it's more about mindset and about letting people think what they think and you not caring. But if it has to do with legalities and shit, then you, of course you have to be careful. Um, and, and I would also look at not only pursuing, some, some people, I've spoken to many women that are in court cases, right, with their husbands and they're in divorce cases. And they technically can't make money, let's say, on social media or they can't make money for their business. But they can still show up and add value and build audience. And do not underestimate, if you have an idea to start a business, and I talked about this on my podcast. Um, it's called, if you want to start a business, listen to this. If you have an idea, just an idea that you want to build a business, get your ass on social media now, talk about the idea. Talk about what you're thinking. Ask people questions. Add value to their lives. My whole business started with the Q&A Tuesday. Every Tuesday I answered one question for 10 minutes on a live. 10 minutes, that was it. And people would listen to my question, they would submit questions, and they would be like, damn, Erica knows a lot. Shit, I wanna work with Erica. Damn, when I think about confidence, I think about Erica. And I became this subject matter expert in that field, people hired me. I wasn't selling anything at that time, Emily. I wasn't selling anything. So if for six months before you quit your job, all you do is build audience and share, that's all you do, then you just show up and add value. You're not selling anything, you're not selling coaching services, you're just showing up and adding value. But if you're, if you're warming up an audience, if you're growing a community, if you're nurturing them, if you're making friendships, like there's so many people here that I speak to in the DMs all the time, and it's like, man, we're, we're building relationships here. This is long-term relationship building. Then, vamos a decir, you leave your place, I feel like you're Spanish, that's why I threw some Spanish, I don't know, Moreno. You know, you leave your place, then you're like, oh, here's my audience that I've been talking to and nurturing, left my job. Now I'm like, hey guys, I'm doing this. Everybody there's like, oh, what up? We're your biggest fans, amazing, let's do it. But most people wait until they quit their job to then start something brand new. What's up, Annie? You know, and I'm like, don't wait. So see what you can do whilst you're here. See what you can do whilst you're in this world with your work. What are you allowed to do legally? What are you not allowed to do? Don't fight what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. Hey, mi boricua. You know what I'm saying? Puerto Rico in a house. So that's what I would do. I would really just look at where is it, 
Uh, what are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? And then if you could block and let go of people, that's it. Loved your bus podcast. Listen twice. Struck a chord. Oh, business podcast. Thank you. So I hope that answers your question, my love. Um, at the end of the day, something you can do, everyone here can do, is open a social media account and create a community by sharing and talking and connecting with people. Before selling anything, you're just connecting, you're building relationships. Yeah? Um, all right, this is going to be my last question. Porque yo estaba aquí tanto tiempo. Um, Allison says, not sure how to word this, but how or when did you notice you stopped having imposter syndrome? Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx here, and I find myself in spaces that I feel out of my league. Okay, I'm going to answer that, but I want you to tell me what is that part in spaces where I'm out of my league? Can you give me more about that? Because I really want to give you everything I can with this answer. Um, and I feel you. I don't know if this is right, so I'm going to intuitively assume that you are in places where you're not feeling accepted or good enough or whatever. I'm going to intuitively assume, but I'd love for you to answer it. So let me know. So when I moved to Australia, I'm a Latina. I usually wear big ass bamboo hoops. Uh, I have embraced my full on Puerto Ricanness, full on. And I say that because uh, around exactly I got you around a lot of rich white people thank you so funny that my intuition was on with you girl I got you Allison um, and this is for anybody right this isn't if you're a Puerto Rican woman and you know your rich white people are intimidating this is if you've never felt if you felt like you were left out if you felt like you didn't belong and so one of my big things one of my big beliefs and if you were here earlier what up debt free Latina if you were here earlier I said that when I was a young, when I was uh, doing my journaling, I started to know the thoughts that were horrible that fucked with me. And one of my thoughts, Allison, was you're a stupid Spanish girl from the hood. You're just a stupid Spanish girl from the hood. That was one of my thoughts. Now, that thought comes up a lot for me. And she's, she's a big one. She is a gift, but she's also fucking loud. And she's little Erica. She was the, the one that made me not want to wear hoops because I look too Spanish. I actually said that. I'm like, I don't want to wear hoops. I look too Spanish. And everybody that knows me now knows I am so Spanish. Like, I don't give a damn, right? Like bandana and hoops and all the things. But for a long time, I hid that, that portion of me because I didn't feel good enough. I felt too Latin. I felt too ghetto girl. I felt too um, not educated. I wasn't white enough. I wasn't educated enough. I wasn't articulate. I wasn't smart. All of that stuff. And so coming to Australia, which is a very rich country, and it is predominantly white, as there's 0.43% Latinos. There's not a lot of Spanish and black people in Australia that I see. You don't see of walking around like our people aren't walking around everywhere, right? So I was kind of like, shit, I have to become corporate. I have to become proper. I have to be, you know, like I was basically closing. Yeah, she said, Living Coco says, I have that thought as a Pacific Islander girl sometimes. See, this is something a lot of people resonate with. So I felt like I had to quiet down I had to put on blazers I had to wear cardigans and shit I had to be very proper I couldn't swear that's what I felt but let me tell you something Allison and everybody here when I realized that my juice that my fucking power that my amazing ass shit that my secret sauce is being Puerto Rican Erica Cardi B of personal development that's my secret sauce is being loud and Latina and crazy and wearing, I be wearing crazy shit. Like I always wear crazy stuff. I have crazy nails usually. That's my secret sauce. You know, and these people that are stuffy and boring in these rooms are like, you're a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and I'm like, great, cause you fucking stuffy. And I wanna be a breath of fresh air for you. Like that's, your gold is in your difference. 
Your gold is in the thing that you're shaming yourself for and pushing down. That's where your gold is. That's your unique selling point of self, right? Is that shit that you do. And so for me, I was like, oh my God, actually, I need to be me, fully expressed. No one's like me, especially in Australia. Like I get to be, if I go to Miami, everybody looks like me. It's so annoying. <laughs> and my Australian friends would be like, I went to Miami and I saw a bunch of Erica's. And I'm like, oh man, I'm never going back to Miami. But in Australia, I stand out like a fucking sore thumb, which is good for me because I can be an experience. I want you to meet me and I want it to be an experience for you. I want you to see me speak on stage and be like, I laughed, I cried, I watched a video, I got up, I fucking wrote on paper, holy shit, like I want it to be an experience. And if I'm blocking myself and keeping myself small, you're not gonna feel that essence fully. What's up, Jenny? So I wanna talk about imposter syndrome because this leads to this part of the question, Allison. Imposter syndrome assumes that you're not real, that you're not who you say you are. And who's saying that? You. So you're being unkind to yourself when you believe you're an imposter. And what part of you says that you're an imposter? It's the bullshit, fake it till you make it. I fucking hate that saying. Everybody here, all of us, promise, hand on heart, I will never say fake it till you make it anymore, okay? Agree? Thank you, okay. <laughs> no more of that fake it till you make it shit. Because fake it means you're not real until you make it means you haven't made it where the fuck are we going where are we going y'all where are we making it to there's nowhere to go there's this moment and so the imposter syndrome i would even reframe and question are you an imposter are you or are you just someone who is working out how to do something that you haven't really done before but you believe because you're self-confident you believe that you could do it i don't know how to do it but I believe I can do it. I don't know how to do a TED Talk. I'm so scared. I am so scared. I know it's gonna come for me, a TED Talk. I'm so nervous. Do I think I can't do it? Fuck no, I think I'm gonna kill that shit. But I'm gonna be scared, I'm gonna do the spiritual poo before and probably after. <laughs> I'm gonna be nervous as fuck and I'm gonna be comparing myself to fucking Brene Brown who killed her TED Talk. Why? Because I'll care and I wanna be good. Am I gonna be Brene Brown? No, do I know that I'm not her and I'm not comparing myself? No, I do, I know that. But doesn't matter, my brain is gonna do all that shit because it cares and it's nervous and it's scary and then I'm gonna kill it and people are gonna go, oh my God, you did the TED Talk. But no one's gonna fucking see me the second before I step on that stage having the sweats, thinking fuck, 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 can I abort mission? Can I just run? What if I just leave? No one's gonna see me on the toilet doing my spiritual poo, leaving skin marks. No one's gonna see me sweating. No one's gonna see me crying. No one's gonna see me questioning what do I wear? Do I wear this 17 times changing my outfit? No one sees that. You know what they see? Me on stage doing a TED Talk. I'm killing it. That's what they see. And they're like, wow, they're so amazing. No. So you're gonna doubt yourself, but the imposter part I would question, are you an imposter? Are you actually an imposter? Or are you just worried about something that you wanna do because you're excited? Thank you, Annie, I love you. So be Puerto Rican, be loud and proud. Um, also, second side note, when I, when I published my book, when I did my book, uh, Allison, I had this like Puerto Rican Maya Angelou in my ear and she was like, don't do marginalized women bullshit. Don't do mistakes. Don't try to be, be like the white people. Do the book like if you were Marie Forleo. And I don't know how I can explain this or if I'm even articulating this the right way, but I had this grandma in my ear going, yo, don't use that font. Nah, man, that shit's rookie. Don't do that shit. That looks like you self-published. That's not, that's whack. Don't do that. Do that. And so I had this like, 
I had this grandma energy right here showing me, this is the font you want. Look at the book, Marie Forleo, make your book look like that. But in the inside, be Erica Kramer, be Erica Sepulveda, be who you are in the inside. But the outside, package that shit up, make it look nice. So something that we can learn from these proper people that we think these rich white people are judging us, something we can learn from is getting your shit together. Being, I will always be the most prepared. My slides will be fucking immaculate. I will have a videographer. I will invest money in making my presentation look amazing. I will get a sick ass outfit. My hair and makeup will be on point. I will have my fucking run sheet and agenda. And then I will let go and step on the stage and whatever comes, comes. But don't get it twisted. I'm more prepared than most because I feel like we have to work so hard when we come from these marginalized communities, when we come from the hood, when we come from lower socioeconomic places, we have to work harder. And so, we're not getting here by mistake. We're getting here on purpose. You know what I'm saying? So work hard, tighten your shit up, do as much as you can, be the most well-versed, you know, know your shit, rock up, be you. Pero ten todos los demás. You know, like have all that other shit sorted. Don't come in late and be all over the place and be fucking messy. Don't do that shit. And I think a lot of us in school, when we grew up in school, it'd be like that movie, um, Dangerous Minds. You know, you remember that movie? Been spending most of our life living in the dancer's paradise. That movie, right? Like those kids that didn't go to school and they were fucking being little gangsters on the streets. Like that's what they expect us to do. Don't do that. And then there would be other kids that were like, fuck that. I'm getting good grades. I'm getting out of the hood. I'm making money. I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? And so I'm always trying to be that. I'm trying to stay Erica, but do what they do. How do I do that? How do I be intelligent and my my whole stupid spanish girl thing when i don't work out what i want to work out when shit doesn't go well for me allison i'm like it's because i'm a stupid spanish girl and i'm like fuck you that belief is bullshit but that's where i go i still go there and i know it's not true but i still go there so i hope that that answered your question and the last thing is there's a podcast called reframing imposter syndrome that i just did two weeks ago listen to that Listen to that if you can. Um, I haven't done a podcast around being like a Latina or a woman of color and feeling like I couldn't be who I am. But I feel like I need to do a podcast about that. I hope that helped you. Emily, I love y'all. Y'all are the best. Um, okay, I hope that was of service. I am definitely going to share, keep this live. So it's going to live on my grid. If you just joined, please, please, please go watch this. Then you can fast forward, rewind. We're going to cut this up and share this as well because... I feel like there was a lot of really good questions. I have more questions in my stories, so I'm gonna answer those. If you submitted a question, I didn't get to do it. I'm sorry, I love your face. We're gonna do this. Uh, Jake Seda, I love you. Um, have the best day. Thank you for those of you that submitted questions. And most importantly, and I genuinely mean this, look at me, thank you for being here. Thank you for following me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being in my world, commenting, liking. I appreciate you. Every fucking person that is here, I appreciate. I know that there are a lot of people looking for your attention and click here and point here and follow me and listen to this and listen to this fucking podcast. So thank you. If you listen to me, if you're here, if you message me, I appreciate you genuinely, like to the extreme. You don't have to be here. I don't take your attention for, uh, um, what is it called? Take it for, I don't know how to say it, but I don't take it lightly. I appreciate you. I really do. So thank you for being here. Um, I love you. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. You're the best. Have the best day. And I'll see y'all soon. Thank you so much for listening. I freaking love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for your ears and your energy and your attention. Thank you for letting me into your world. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this podcast. 
There are so many podcasts you can listen to, and I deeply, deeply, for real, for real, appreciate you listening to mine. Do me one big favor, one big thing. Please share this episode or this podcast with a woman who you know needs to hear this. This is my mission on planet Earth to serve as many women as possible so that we could show up, stand up, speak up, and create the confidence in the life that we desire. I appreciate you, my love. I will see you on the next episode. 